0: Welcome to the Missions Podcast, the show that explores your hard questions on missions, theology, and practice to help goers think and thinkers go. I'm Alex Kochman, Director of Advancement and Mobilization for ABWE International. And today I'm not joined by Scott Dunford. Today is a special episode in light of the holiday season. What I'd love to do is just explore with you, the audience, for a moment a passage of scripture that we feel is incredibly important to the global mission of the church going to read Isaiah chapter 9 verses 6 through 7 in the ESV translation. And I invite you to follow along with me, Isaiah chapter 9 verses 6 and 7. But before we dive in, I want to think about a phrase and we talk about it in scripture. It's in this passage. It's that the government will be upon his shoulders, this messianic promise, whose shoulders? The shoulders of the Lord Jesus Christ. But what does that mean? Let's read it in context. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, or Father of Eternity. We could also translate that Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. So the government of what? The holidays are a quaint season. Each Christmas, in some form, we pull out our Bibles off the shelf. We blow the dust off of them. We crack open the spine. We gloss over this text, Isaiah 9, and then slide our Bibles back in between that one book and the other book that neither one of them we've actually started reading yet. We hear Isaiah's prophetic words, but we don't listen to them. I think familiarity breeds contempt, or at least it fosters our ignorance. When familiarity inoculates us to the scandalous claims in Scripture, we stop asking the right question, and one of those right questions is, what is this government that the prophet refers to? Let's be honest, we wax philosophical about the royal gifts the magi later bring the Christ child later in Scripture, but we treat king, in reference to Jesus, as an honorific title only. We think, after all, that this boy grows up to be a controversial Jewish rabbi, which he does, an inspiring religious figure, but not a Caesar, not a king. It doesn't really appear from a human perspective that Jesus is in charge of anything. So what government are we talking about here? Three things. One, not just Israel. The same prophet predictively puts these words into the mouth of God directed towards the Messiah. This is Isaiah 49, 6. It is too light a thing for you to be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to bring back the preserved of Israel. I will make you as a light for the nations that my salvation should reach to the end of the earth. So in God's eyes, for Jesus to be the king of the Jews only or even of some future restored state of Israel is too small a deal. It's just two small potatoes. But second, Jesus is not just king in heaven. The same prophet later promises a day that God would tear open the heavens and come down, Isaiah 64, verse 1, and reunite heaven and earth. We see that in chapter 65, verses 17 through 25. God says through Isaiah's pen, heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool in chapter 66, verse 1. So Jesus' royal position isn't limited to some wispy, cloudy dimension. King of kings and Lord of lords is not synonymous with angelic choir director. And the third thing, Jesus is not just Lord of the heart. The Hebrew word for government in Isaiah 9, 6 translates in English as government, simply put. That's what it means. Jesus does subdue and rule sinful human hearts, but his authority isn't hermetically sealed off into the realm of private religious experience. If history proves anything, it's that Jesus is actually pretty bad at keeping this whole Christianity thing out of the public square. So what is his government? Isaiah chapter 2, starting in verse 1 It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be lifted up above the hills and all the nations shall flow to it. And many peoples shall come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths for out of Zion shall go forth the law. And the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and shall decide disputes for many peoples. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Isaiah 11 verse 1 through 4 and verse 9. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And finally, Jesus says in Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen, in the great commission around which this very podcast revolves, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus governs the globe, every state, city, and soul. Every refugee migration, every roaming molecule, every life lived, every life taken, he is the one to whom all will give account. Every knee will bow or break. And God proved this not only in his virgin birth, which we celebrate, but also in his victorious resurrection and ascension to heaven. Contrary. To popular sentiment, the Christian faith doesn't simply teach that Jesus disappeared after his ascension to heaven. He has not spent the last two millennia twiddling his thumbs, playing hopscotch with Peter, sending down good vibes for the religious, and happily ignoring the mass of literature on suffering and theodicy. No, he is ruling and interceding. He's presiding over the government of the entire cosmos and standing before the bar of God as the perfect, effectual, legal advocate of his chosen people. And he's doing this over and on behalf of all the nations, which is why we go to all the nations. Isaiah 9, 7 says his rule is from this time forth and forevermore. So Jesus assumed power after his first coming, not just at his second coming. It's 2019 now, and we're still counting time by his birth. Anno Domini, the year of our Lord. Even as Western culture tries to forget that that's what it stands for. So bit by bit, Jesus and his kingdom, his spiritual dominion is taking over the world. And even though we're pessimistic at times about how things are going, we know this will happen and will be finished. How? Because it says the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. It does take, however, born again eyes to perceive this kingdom reality. John 3, 3, we need new birth to see the kingdom of God. But before we stop asking good questions, here's another one. How did Jesus get this government? Isaiah says the government will be upon his shoulder, but I'm reminded of another weight that he shouldered. Before he bore the mantle of leadership, he carried the cross of sinners. Before his heavenly coronation, a thorny crown was clubbed into his bleeding skull. Before he was robed in royal majesty, he was flayed alive on a stake. Philippians chapter two, verse eight, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every other name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father. God became sin, 2 Corinthians five twenty one. The king was counted as a criminal, Isaiah 53, 12. Christ died under the wrath of God that sinners from all these nations that he now rules, they deserve so that whoever believes in him would be saved. Enemy combatants like us who repent and cling to the crucified and risen Lord Jesus become full pardoned citizens under the Jesus administration. The son of God shouldered a cross. Now he shoulders a cosmic government. So, I would invite everyone listening, take off the load of sin that you carry, lay it at his feet, believe on him for salvation, repent and recognize that he rules the nations from heaven and have a Merry Christmas this year from ABWE and the Missions Podcast. If you want to get more great content on theology, missions, and practice, go to missionspodcast.com. And while you're there, subscribe in iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite listening platform. And please give us an honest review and a five star rating. And don't forget to be sending your questions to alex at missionspodcast.com. Until next time, thank you for joining us.